welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to build a thriving and sustainable business as an author. Today's guest is David Barons, an author who writes what he calls tropical thrillers. Well, it just so happens that I really enjoy sunshine-based mysteries and thrillers, so I've had the opportunity to watch David build his author business from afar over the past 15 months or so. And when I saw a post he wrote on Facebook recently, I knew I wanted to have him on the show. His post used the keywords 13 books to 50K. But since I followed David, I knew the vast majority of that revenue came from far fewer than the 13 books his book report screenshot showed. I also knew how hard he worked to get things right for his Troy Bodine series, tweaking covers and blurbs and the books themselves. And I, I could just see that sort of from afar as he was developing the series. And that's really the focus of this interview. So I kick our conversation off by asking David about some of his non-Troy Bodine books to try and get a feel for when he decided to get serious about his writing. I started with a book that was really just a sort of a pet project. It was a dragon fantasy fiction, sort of epic fantasy type book. And uh-huh. I, I literally recorded stories uh, that came out of uh, role-playing games that, oh, that okay. my friends and I played in college. So, uh-huh. you know, I literally jotted down these stories and these were characters that they had created. And so I had, I literally had people in mind when I was writing those characters. And that book was never really intended to do anything except be sort of a book for us. And, um, you know, along comes, uh, I think it was iUniverse way back in uh, a million years ago, I, I printed with them. And it was all uh, just print book at that point, but mm-hmm. it was print on demand. So it was the same kind of deal. You didn't really have to order, you know, 5,000 copies or anything, you know, you just got however many you needed. And so I dispersed them to my friends and, and years later I went back to that book and said, you know, this is truly terrible. So <laughs> I, I rewrote it, you know, I went back through and said, uh-huh. you know, I mean, this was, it was, a, it was bad enough that, you know, I had people traveling North when they should have been traveling South and, you know, I had to get a map drawn and the whole bit and just, uh, I completely revamped that and then put it on uh, Amazon. That's when Kindle came around and Sometime around, I think, 2007, I put it up and, you know, sat back and waited for the royalties. For and the, the flood of money? Riches. Yes, yes, exactly. Waited for the money. Just like everybody says, I put it up and, and watched for the checks to roll in. And uh, <laughs> it never really, you know, it never did a lot. But uh, it got me it got me familiar with KDP and it got, got me familiar with the idea of self-publishing or independent publishing and so it was a good experience because I, I learned a lot about the little things, the ins and outs that you literally have to do just to hit publish. And did you, then in the intervening years, did you continue to write or were you focused on your career as a tennis professional then? I, I intended to write the second book in that series. Um, and it was never, uh, I never outlined it or never planned for more books, but I got to the end and said, I'll just tack something on so that it could be a series if I ever got around to it. So I wrote that from time to time, and it is probably two-thirds of the way to complete, but sitting in the virtual drawer on my computer. And mm-hmm. I, at that point, really got serious about my career, and I, I'm you know heavily invested in tennis, and I started to really get into the, the sort of uh, organizational and administrational stuff that happens at, at you know tennis conferences and things like that. So I, I sort of put 
writing on the back burner at that point. There was a good time, you know, where I wasn't writing anything. I did see that you've written some tennis books. Yes, I have. And um, those, are, again, those were, I am I'm, I'm mainly wrote those for my tennis audience. So people that know me and people that I teach and pe- people that I come into contact with. So those are, one is a very instructional, just completely instruction-based book for doubles players. And then the other is sort of a, I don't know, it's sort of a fantasy type, fictional type, slightly biographical book about what I've been through. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I sort of took a fictional character and ran him through some of the things that I had been through in my personal life and, you know, told the story on the backdrop of saying, here are nine things, nine sort of life lessons that I feel like I've gotten from the world of tennis. And um, those were like I said, they were kind of really just for me and for my tennis people. You know, never really had any intentions of kind of going big or going bold with those guys. I saw a post of yours a week or so ago on uh, 20 Books to 50K on Facebook. And mm-hmm. the, the post title was very clever, <laughs> 13 Books to 50K. And because right. I, I, you write in a genre that I like and I feel like I've followed your work, I'm like, wait a minute. He hasn't written 13 books. That's right. Um, but yeah, uh, there's all this <laughs> background stuff that, that you were doing. And then about yeah. a year and a half ago, 15 months ago, you published mm-hmm. the first book in the Troy Bodine series. And I'm guessing that s- at some point between writing tennis books and deciding to start <laughs> writing the Troy Bodine series, you got really serious about writing. Yeah, absolutely. Um that's that's a funny story in itself because I, I did not intend to pick back up on writing. Um, there was no sort of like plan to start a series and publish and learn everything I could and all that. There was only uh, a very sort of strange happenstance. We went to Polly's Island, South Carolina with a family on vacation and the tropical storm Debbie hit and we were basically stuck inside for the week, I mean, mm-hmm. almost the whole week. So we're sitting there at this table playing cards and games and just doing family things. And out across the, what they call the Creek there, we can see a guy fishing. Um, and he's fishing in the literal pouring rain. And, uh, he has on a straw cowboy hat and sunglasses and sort of just immediately strikes the pose of some kind of cool character that you'd love to meet. And, mm-hmm know about. And so we, as a family, started saying, what if this guy's name is Troy? And what if he's this? And (laughs) here comes somebody in his family. What if that's Troy Jr. or whatever? You know, and it just got, it was very outlandish. And, you know, somebody said, oh, you got to write these things down. You know, and I I said, yeah, I'll I'll do a little, a little fun short story or something. And I did it and it turned out fantastic. And so then Troy grew into a a full-size novel, you know, sort of a 60,000 word novel. And he has characters around him that just came from, I mean, literal, you know, experiences that we bumped into somebody at a gas station and they had some kind of quirk about them. And I would just, I would tell my wife, she had her iPhone, you know, I'd say, write this down. And a lot of my character names come from road signs that we would see on the way. Uh, And, you know, so you would see a sign and it would say, you know, Chesney Campobello. And I'd be like, oh man, that's just, that's just amazing. It's got the two C's and it's a great sounding name. So I'd write all these down and they ended up uh, being characters in the book. And so then when I got to, you know, the point where I 
finished it, which was literally like maybe three years later. I said, okay, I'm going to get this printed for everybody so I can go now, on. Now, when, when was this? Yeah. Uh, I, I think in 2012 was when we actually, the, the actual genesis happened. Okay. And then I think 2015 is when it actually went live on Amazon. Okay. All right. So it's, this was a three-year project. This wasn't you know, a very quick book at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of that was due to the fact that I was just piecing together scenes that were just very random and wild and crazy and satirical. And, and so when he finally became a book, I then just went to create space because I just wanted uh, physical copies for everybody who was involved in, you know, sort of the creation of this guy. Mm-hmm. So I had them printed and they, you know, they, they came out great and they looked beautiful. And I, you know, handed them out as gifts, I think one Christmas. And, and so everybody just said, this is really, really good. You know, this is, better than we thought, you know, this is an actual real book, you know, it's like everybody says, you're a real, that's a real book. Mm -hmm. So at that point I said, and oh, and at that point I started to sell some, uh, the paperbacks were selling to people that I did not know. And, you know, I don't even know how it was getting discovered. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and throw the ebook up as well. And lo and behold, they started selling and so I said, well, I've got a little something going on here. You know, nothing major. I wasn't breaking the bank or anything, but I had a few bucks coming in. And I said, well, this is pretty cool. Maybe if I do a second one, I'll, um, you know, I'll be able to make a little more money. So at that point, I dug up an old idea that I had sort of written in my mind with another character. And I didn't have anything much more than beats and maybe a couple of chapters and so I wrote that out with Troy in mind, and it, that that became book two. And I think I released it maybe two or three months later, very quickly. And lo and behold, those started to sell pretty well too. And this and so is, is point, this is this 2017 or 2015? I think this was 2017 ish. Okay, so these are like everything... the actual published dates that when I look at, yeah. at your Amazon page and see the published <laughs> dates. Okay, so that was I think it was about six weeks after the first book. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's maybe six weeks, six weeks, excuse me, six weeks after Troy got published for real. So Troy had been alive in paperback for a pretty good while. And Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact publication date. But then I think his ebook actually went on in 2017. So like April of last year. Okay. So he had a little bit of a following before in just paperback. Um, and I followed that up with the ebook, I think a couple of years later, not really thinking anything about it, you know, doing a whole lot, but just because the, the ebook sort of revolution was happening, you know, all around us. And at that point I said, I've got to have a second one. And I wrote the, the second book in the series and published it. How long did it take and, you to write the second book? Um, it took a lot less time, um, <laughs> because I was, uh, I was a little bit under the gun and I was thinking, oh, you know, these people are asking me when the second one is coming out. And so I've really raced through it. And um, it's gotten better since then because it's been through some edits and Mm -hmm. things like that. But it was pretty decent. You know, it was good enough. And and that's that's when things really, I said, okay, I've got to get serious about this. And I started looking, you know, I just basically Googled, you know, marketing. And I think that's where I started, just how to market your independently published books. And I can't remember who mentioned him, but he said, uh, you know, do you do you know this guy named Michael Anderley? And I said, no, I, I don't think so. I said, you got to check him out. So the very first thing I did was downloaded Michael's first book uh, and read it. And 
it's just completely off my genre, but I mm-hmm. thought, okay, this guy's obviously doing something right. And somebody directed me to the 20 books to 50 K group. And I watched all the videos and now I'm just full on, I'm on full tilt for every bit of information I can find about self-publishing. So I'm, you know, I've got, you know, 20 podcasts lined up on my phone and I've got blogs and I've got email newsletters coming in. So I'm just a sponge, just trying to get every bit of information I can on how to make this, you know, kind of a career, try to become an author, a real full-time author. And and for background, um, you and I know each other a little bit, but you have a family, right? You're a family man. Uh-huh. I've got two kids, a daughter that's two and a little boy that's two months. So two years and two months. And you work as a teaching professional uh, at, at a tennis facility. That's right. Yeah. I'm a tennis instructor by day and writer by night. Okay. So. <laughs> and so this is not like you're, you're not a full-time writer and you're no. not pursuing, or you don't appear to be pursuing the book a month path right now. You're, you're, yeah. you're pursuing the <laughs> write what you can and, and, and do the best you can job with it. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm lucky in that our, our, the hours I have give me big breaks during the day. So if I can get a thousand to 1500 words, um, a day, then I'm good. You know, I think, I feel like that's a pretty good word count for me. And that, that gets a lot better if I'm, if I know the project at hand and I have a good outline and, you know, I've gotten a whole lot better at pre-planning and planning things out. So it's, I'm getting faster as I go, but a book a month, it would definitely be the stretched limit of my imagination. Um, (laughs) right now I'm thinking sort of two to three months, Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, – this is – you just released book five in June. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And the first one was sort of done ahead of time. So in 15 months, you have released five books in this series, but one of them had, had pretty much already been written. So a little yeah. a little over three months for a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, that had a lot to do with, um, you know, I was trying to get the books up – you know, very quickly and get them up with a decent cover. And I, I had a sort of an editor that I sort of paid cheap, cheap money for at the beginning, but I've, you know, upgraded now. And so that at the end of three months, you know, they've been through a little process. So mm-hmm. it's maybe two months of writing. And then I try to build up with, a, you know, a, a little pre-order and, you know, get some social media going and things like that. But for the most part, yeah, it's three months-ish time frame for for each one that comes out. Okay. And in so in the post the 13 books to 50k, I mean you mm-hmm. used a, a book a book report thing that said 13 books, so I guess you had to say 13 books there. Right. But we're really talking in, in terms of generating revenue, we're talking five books, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Five books and if you if you count the prequel, there is a there is a prequel that did have some sales before I uh, turned it into kind of a prima, a perma-free mm-hmm. reader magnet. Mm-hmm. So technically five and a prequel, you know, a small a novella. So that's really, it's really five books to that. And that didn't count. There were some later books that had, that were paperback on KDP. So there were some paperbacks in there, but that's pretty much all um, eBooks on those five thrillers in the uh, Troy Bodine series. Okay. And you've, you've mentioned a couple of times how things have changed for you in the early books. Uh, they were edited one way in the beginning, um, mm-hmm. and then they were edited another way. I, I 
I think I remember three different covers for the for the first book, but I could be wrong about that. There may be more. There may be less. How many covers <laughs> for book one, and how many titles? Uh, there's only ever been two titles for book one. Um, the hat check title was the original, and that was um, you know a play on what happens in the story. The hat plays a, a huge role in the plot, and there is a virtual uh, check inside. There's a money market check. So, you know, as a cashier check, anybody could steal it and take this huge sum of money. But that book has had probably six covers. <laughs> um, yeah. And they've all been, uh, you know, refined as we, as they go through and they get better and better and better at, I think, defining the actual genre of the book, which is tougher to nail down than than you would think. And how, um, how have you accomplished that? Because I, th- I think there was a cover I remember. The initial cover I, I, I don't think really captured the genre, but there was another one, and I don't remember when it was, and it's like, okay, these are the kind of books I like to read, and if I saw that cover, I would be really interested. And I, it's apparently changed a couple times since then. So how, do you, how have you gone through the process of, of honing in to, to build a cover that targets your audience exactly? Well, um, I, I create the covers. I'm a, I'm a, you know, sort of an intermediate Photoshop user, so mm-hmm. I can put things together a little bit. And I, I, the first cover, I literally basically got a picture of Polly's Island, the setting that it happens in, and I stuck some words on the front of it, and that was it. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that was when the book was literally intended to be just handouts for my family. And then after that, I've, you know, after I've started absorbing all this information from these podcasts and blogs and things, they're saying, you know, you really need to define your, your genre with your cover. And so I start looking at some other uh, authors that are in this sort of, I guess, Florida fiction or mm-hmm. tropical thriller, as I call it now. And this, this genre has, uh, they're just wildly different. So it was hard to really nail down the the sort of look I was going for. But I did notice someone that uh, had covers that were all bright orange and blue and green, and they, they had very uh, outlandish-looking titles. And this is a very well-respected author, and so I thought, well, that's kind of the way I'd like to go. And I think that was a very successful cover for me. It was sort of orange and had a big wave on it, and mm-hmm. it was more art are drawn and rather than photographic. And so that, that cover stayed on it for a long, long time. There were two other covers that I did that, um, I would show to my Facebook group and say, which one do you like better? Which one do you like A or B and did some testing. And so those never really saw the light of day. And that's probably, probably a good thing. I don't think they were very good, but, but, uh, to bring us to the current situation. So this book has been hat check. And the others have had different various names, Ocean Blue and uh, Blight House and Stealing Savannah. And so I get to this point where now I have three books and then four books and we're coming up on fifth book. And the series is not very coherent. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I sort of volunteered myself for um, Mark Dawson's book lab, which is a three expert panel, including an editor, a blurb master, a cover designer, and of course, Mark's comments. Mm -hmm. And they go through your Amazon page, your product page, and say, here are the things that we 
think would would help out or tweak it a little bit. And for the most part, they were like, you've got a really good thing going here. We like what you have going. And two things that stood out were the cover looks a little bit sort of amateurish. And then the blurb was completely redone by a professional and it's worked really well. And um, the, I guess the uh, title sort of stuck out as a sore thumb for everybody. And so I wrestled with that and wrestled with that and said, you know, maybe there's something here. And I started looking at other very successful um, sort of beach slash ocean sea story Mm -hmm. books. And a very, uh, it became very evident that their, their titles looked all the same. They had maybe a a word that was shared amongst the titles. Um, You know, there are some that say, you know, the, sea blood, you know, and sea storm and sea wave and Mm -hmm. that kind of, so you have a word that sort of links them. And I really liked that idea. And mine all happened sort of near an ocean or near a beach or something like that. So I went through the process of agonizingly changing names to where the series had a full, you know, the word wave appears in every title. I changed the uh, tagline instead of adventures. Um, I changed it to tropical thrillers because adventure sort of lends itself to, you know, action adventure, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Dan Brown, you know, that it, it wasn't quite dialed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I had Stuart Bache, who's sort of a, the kind of resident pro for self-publishing covers, um, look at the cover and say, here are some things I would do. And I redesigned and I actually was able to email it to him and say, do you think I'm on the right track? And he said, absolutely. This is where you need to go. And so I stuck that cover on it and I haven't looked back since. So you've done all the covers. All five of these are yours. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. Uh, I'll, I'll put a link to the page for the series in the in the show notes, but the covers just perfectly blend together and it's obviously... It's obviously a series. It's obviously a beachy kind of well, it's tropical thrillers kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah, so exactly. you, you kind of uh, named your own genre too. That's really it. Um, you know, and I I just couldn't find anything close. Um, you know, sea stories. I don't know if that you know or sea adventures mm-hmm. um, doesn't really dial down to what I do. You know, they're tropical and they're they're sort of in beachy locations, and then there are they are crime thrillers. At the at the end of the day, there's some sort of crime that happens that propels the story. So I, to dial down into that, I didn't want to go with Florida fiction because they don't all happen in Florida. In fact, only two of them happen in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I wanted people that read those books to say, I think this sounds like something I would like. And Tropical Thriller just kind of stuck with me, and I, I sort of labeled them that and put that on the cover. And they really unify and look great now, I think. So hopefully that translates into some success. And when did you, when did you revise all the covers? Uh, was it with the release of the fifth book? Yes, it was. It was right before I released the fifth book. I had the four other covers. I had the first cover done sort of right after I had the examination of my page done. Mm-hmm. And then the, the challenge was, you know, these all have published paperbacks with uh, dedicated ISBNs. Right. And the covers, you know, are all, they all have the old titles. So I had to go back through and really do a lot of work. And so I raced to get that done while the fifth book was on Mm pre-order. The bonus there was that the fifth book was already, it hadn't been published yet. So it was new and it didn't have all of the old things attached to it, the baggage that I had to get rid of. But 
that was a struggle. And, and I really did have to work lots of hours to get that cleaned up. And then boom, when the fifth book released, it sort of all changed. It sort of all clicked over and hopefully, uh, looks better for the, for the wear. And from a timing standpoint, you had been releasing fairly quickly, fairly regularly, although it had been extending, but book Mm -hmm. five looked like it was five or six months from book four. Is that, does that sound right? It it was. Um, and, and oddly enough, there was a, another book that I wrote within that time. Um, so I, at that point, and reaching out to every mentor and every expert and every person that I know to help me learn the craft of writing. And so at that point, I reached out to Martha Carr, and I, I actually worked on a book for the Oraserin universe. Mm-hmm. And as a co-writer with Martha, and it was a, a fantastic experience. However, the more I got through that book, the more I realized, you know, this this is a paranormal sort of urban fantasy type book. And it's really good. Um, and I really like it. And it I don't know what I'll end up ever doing with it. But the farther along I got into it, the more I realized that this is a, a very big departure mm-hmm. from my sort of normal series. And I, I kind of went to Martha and said, you know, I really like this. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, though, because I'm not sure I need to venture this far off the beaten path. And at this point, the thrillers were really what was making the money for me. And I was afraid to get too far away from my readers and not have any hopes of cross promotion or cross reading. So it's, there was another book in there, um, that's not polished and not ready or anything like that, but it's, that's what took some of the extra time away from Mm -hmm. me before I got to the fifth book. And I was in the somewhat awkward position because people know that I'm involved with LMBPN Publishing, the publishing company that, that does the, the Orsaren universe. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing that you were writing this book. And in my own mind, I'm going, are you crazy? Because you've got a good <laughs> thing going with this other series. And this is so far away from that. You know, and that's weird because I, I came from a, you know, my first, my very first attempt was a fantasy book, you know, an epic fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, I'm in the 20 books to 50K group because it, I want to get to 50K, you know, I want to get to. So, and that's, it's something that I, I'm, you know, I'm literally, I think the best thing for people to take away from that group is we can tell you how. I made money. You know, I can say I mm-hmm. did it this way and I did it that way, but there's no guarantee that that's right for you. So I was latching on like anybody else would to a, a gold mine. You know, the LMBPN universe is obviously massive and Michael is, you know, just shooting up the charts and there's all kinds of great writers in that universe. And I'm saying, okay, I want to ride on that train too, mm-hmm. because that's the way to the money. And I think that's that's what I thought originally. And I gave that book a, a lot of heart and soul, and it turned out to be a really good project. The only problem was is that it just didn't fit my readers, you mm-hmm. know, and that's where I was I was maybe grasping at straws and trying to do something that just didn't fit. And it it turned out that I would I sort of had to swallow my pride and say, Martha, I really appreciate this. Michael, thank you so much for letting me in on this but I think I'm going to withdraw and go back to the thrillers. Um, and that's what I did. And they gave me their blessing and said, we totally understand. And we, we're still, you know, on great terms. It wasn't a, it wasn't definitely a bad situation at all. And the, 
the group of people there, the, the authors and writers that are in that group, were just so great to anybody and everybody that, that came in. Yes. And now the reason I asked the question was to not to get off on onto a tangent, but <laughs> you, you went six months from mm -hmm. releasing the fourth book to the fifth book. There are going to be a lot of people out there yeah. listening that are going, oh, that's going to kill the series to do that. Yeah. But that's not what happened. No. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I, I got down to this basically this month of revamping the series. I went a long way to launch well. Um, you know, I did a lot of promotion, a lot of email list building, getting people back in interested and engaged. And luckily, I, I was able to do a fairly sizable pre-order on that for just a couple of weeks. And so I just picked a date, you know, I just picked June 25th and said, or June 26th and said, okay, uh, this will be the release date. And I just set it at regular price and just blasted everybody I knew and went back to all the other books and fixed the links so that they said Skull Wave is now available for pre-order. And, you know, it, as it, as it started to roll, it started to grow and grow and grow. And then lo and behold, um, at some point during the pre-order, I went on to BookBub and sub submitted for a featured deal for the 50-whatever-th time. <laughs> and they said, they came back, the email that came back, you know, I almost didn't even read it. The email, you know, it, it comes back and it says, we're sorry, we're, you know, we, we don't have room for you this month, but try again. So the email came back and said, um, you know, we're sorry, we can't promote the same book within six months of the last BookBub that, you know, featured this book. And I said, I've never had a BookBub. What are you talking about? So then the emails crossed over, and all of a sudden I've got a BookBub featured deal on the book, oh. the first book in the series, uh -huh. and it was on June 25th, the day before oh my gosh. Skull Wave was to hit for pre-order, or for, uh, for live. What amazing planning that was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would love to say that I had a hand in picking that out. Uh, it had nothing to do with it. And so then I'm panicked. I'm like, oh no, did I use all my free days? Do I still have free days on this? I don't know. So it all worked out, and I ended up just getting really lucky at that point. But, you know, up to that point, the release had gone well. The covers were being received well. Uh, the email list was growing and growing. You know, I just, the little tweaks here and there just seemed to sort of add up. You know, it's that old story, you can't, you can't build Rome in a day, but, you know, mm -hmm. you can kind of lay a brick here and lay a brick there. And, and finally, it seemed like things things lined up. Yeah. In a and way when that, you finally got the, yeah. the, the promotion, the book bub finally granted you the promotion. You had, mm -hmm. the book had gone through some really good editing. Yeah. It had, the blurb had been done multiple times. The cover yeah. was exactly the way you wanted it. It, it, uh, it was ready. Yeah. And that's, I think I even said that in the comments, I said, Hey, look, this book has, is ready for prime time. You know, I said, this is who I had working for me, you know, advising me on the cover. And this is who I had working on the editing. And this is who I, and it just seemed to be the magic formula. They, once they got uh, a good look at it, I think they decided, hey, we'll give this guy a chance. And what was the follow through uh, from book one to book two? From book one to book two has always been um, about 75%, okay. which is really that's, high. That's really good for book one to book two. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I've just been lucky that, and I do a, you know, I do a, a sort of a three chapter introduction in the back of the first book. I always do, you know, a little, here's the next book. Here's mm -hmm. a couple of chapters. If you like it, you know, click here. And 
I didn't know any of that before I got involved in sort of the 20 books guys, um, Facebooks and uh, Facebook page. And, you know, I, I knew a little bit about how, Oh, I want to get this person to my next book, but I didn't know what was working for people. And so I, you know, studied all of that and made tweaks to the back pages and the back matter. And, you know, here's my reader group and here's the next book and, you know, just keep going. So it's, it did a lot for me when I, when I got this, this book bub, which was a free deal, by the way, I, I free copies. There was, I was lucky that I'm one of the very few that I was in. I am in KU. So I'm in select and mm-hmm. I got the page reads from it, which are still just immense. It's just, it's mind boggling to see this happen. And, uh, so I doubled down on the day of the book, bub. I made book two free also. Oh. Um, yeah, I just said, you know what? I've got five. I will have five when mm-hmm. it happens. Um, let's just get everybody that's looking for a free thriller that looks like this, feels like this, sounds like this. I want them to just say, Oh, well, book two is free too. Let me grab it. Um, and it seemed to work. I mean, I got 40,000 downloads of the first one and then something like, uh, something crazy, like 10 to 15,000 of the second one. Hmm. And so, it's only been a few weeks since then. So we're recording yes. this on July 17th. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have a lot of data, but what happened to your revenue, like daily revenue right <laughs> after that? I mean, I have enough data to say, wow, you know, thank you, BookBub. <laughs> it's, it's startling. Um, you know, the, the amazing thing was, you know, I had a, a little ramp up to the BookBub with some smaller promotions. So the book was actually free for maybe four or five days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just went all in and said, I'm just going to give out as many as I can. And um, I ramped up to it a little bit, and it, it, I mean, you know, you're watching the numbers on BookBub Day, and you're going, this is unbelievable. I can't, I can't even believe this. And then two, three, four, five days later, your page reads go through the roof. Um, you know, I was in the, I would guess, maybe three to 5,000 pages per day range. Mm-hmm. So not bad, um, you know, actually fairly good. And that makes enough revenue to where I can say, okay, I'm making money as an author. Mm-hmm. Um, the page reads after that, I mean, they just they ruined my charts on Book Report because <laughs> they just went, you know, went through the roof. And uh, so I'm still, uh, I'm still just saying, okay, this is a great, this is a great long tail. I've almost got a month in. I will probably make five times as much this month as I did last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the hope, of course, is that that just keeps on extending out. And, and I think there's, you know, there's the sort of 30-day, 60-day, 90-day cliffs. Whatever you know, the cliff happens, the yeah. cliff du jour happens to be. Right. Yeah. So I will, um, at that point, I am working on the sixth book. And hopefully when I get very close to the end of that, whatever that mythical tale is, I'll be able to, boom, launch another one. And I've already, of course, submitted book five to BookBub and said, hey, look, this first one was amazing. Let's keep the train rolling and we'll see. So hopefully I've done a few a few little things right and I'll be able to sustain the momentum when the next book comes out. 
I want to follow up on something that you said earlier. You were talking mm -hmm. about just absorbing information on the indie publishing world and, and the podcasts mm -hmm. and, and blogs, et cetera. You were reading and absorbing as much as you possibly could. Did you yeah. have a fear in your own mind of just becoming paralyzed with absorbing <laughs> so much information and being unable to do anything? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and I did. I think I was doing every single social media thing that everybody, you know, oh, you can make so much money with Pinterest if you'll just do this and mm -hmm. you can make money on Twitter by doing this. And I mean, I, you know, I, I think at some point, um, there was a, a little bit of a, a post or a, a sort of a branch or a rant in the 20 books where they said, you know, look, don't say this is how it's done. Say this is how I did it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, you have to take a step back and go, okay, I am working on, you know, social media for three hours a day and nothing is happening. And there's where you have to draw the line and you have to say, okay, I'm going to back away from some of this because I'm not getting anything out of this and I'm just burning great writing time doing every single little detail, every single little thing. Um, and as a matter of fact, that that's kind of where I dropped, you know, I dropped out of the Orisirian universe because mm -hmm. I said, you know, I've I've got so much going on that's good with this series that I I really need to just push hard and not branch too far off the main road. All right, a lot of people that are out there listening are are going to be able to connect with your story, I th I think. And you haven't been doing this well, you've been writing for a while, but you have been yeah. a professional writer for a fairly short period of time. Yeah. What what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Oh, boy, that's that's a, the question of the day, isn't it? Um I wish that I knew I, I wish that I knew the importance of getting this the writing done um because if I had you know finished the first book in the series in 2012 and released it, you know, in 2012 I would now be, you know, five years on mm -hmm. and things would, could possibly be a lot different. You would be the and, guy that people were looking at covers and saying, <laughs> well, I want to, I want to have covers like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, you know, that's what I hope. And that's, I think that's what, it's just the perpetual motion. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just the, if you're not, if you don't want to sit down and do writing, then you've probably picked the wrong thing. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, well, I'll just get, you know, three books out and things will magically turn around and, you know, I, I see it all the time. I see um, people, and and myself included, looking at some what someone else has done for success, and they run that direction, and then they run the other direction. And I think it's it really does come down a lot to write your story, make your story better, and then give it the proper, you know, cover. the The cover sells it, and I don't think I knew that in the beginning. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people out there that that maybe are thinking, I don't have the money, I don't have you know what it takes to get that pro cover on it, and that's fine. I did the same thing, and I have continually tried to update and edit and change as I have learned more from all these amazing people out there. So don't ever give up on it, you know. and that's one of the things I think you just have to write and get your writing on the page and ask people, what do you think? Is this good? Is this the way that, that this needs to look or this needs to sound? And if you're not willing to listen, you, you chose wrong. You chose poorly. Um, a lot of people out there know better than me, so I try to listen every chance I get. 
On a scale of one to 10, how would you compare the value of a cover with the value of the blurb? Cover is probably like in the nine area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the I think the cover is absolutely what people judge the book by, and you know, you always hear that. But the even under uh, you know ads on the sort of sponsored carousel, I see books that are just massive. They're just huge. They've got ten thousand reviews and. It's number one in all the categories across, and the blurb says, if you like sea stories, you'll love this. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, I don't know. But then the cover's got this great ship and a huge wave and a lightning bolt, and you're like, wow, that looks cool. So I think the cover is a nine. Um, However, when they click over, I think you've got maybe two lines, you know, maybe two sentences Mm -hmm. to catch them. And if you don't get that right, I think they'll go away. Um, so I would put the blurb at maybe like a five. So it's definitely the visual, and then they go to the blurb next, and if you don't get them after that, they're they're done. Do you are you a hundred percent writing your own blurbs, or are you getting help for that? The blurb for Rogue Wave, which is the first book in the series, was written thank thankfully by uh, Brian Cohen. Okay. Um, and he was part of the team that did the book lab on my book, and mm-hmm. he came with he came back with the blurb. And said, you know, this is kind of my thought process. Here's what you need for your blurb. And I was doing exactly what every author does. I was synopsizing, mm-hmm. you know, synopsizing the book, summarizing, and putting it into the fold. You know, as way down under the read more. And so he says, nope, nope. You know, don't don't try to summarize the book. Don't even tell that many details about it. And the irony was, is you know, I thought it was the details that would sell it. He says, no, it's the details that will turn people off. Um, give them the, give them the, 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 the theme sort of, you know, it's, I mean, the best books in the world have the theme that is one sentence, you know, and that you, people are hooked. So I feel like that helped me now to go to the other blurbs and craft those. So I learned from that experience and I've written the blurbs, all of the blurbs since then. Okay. And so probably will probably will rewrite them again sometime. <laughs> but you're you're a real do-it-yourselfer, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't appear that way when you look at the covers and, and read the blurbs and things. So you've you've really taught Thank yourself you. well over the course of the last fifteen months. Yeah. Which I, is great. I, it saves a lot of said, money too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's where I've gotten really lucky that I do have some of the talents that it takes. And I I again was almost given sort of a private lesson by a great cover designer and a private lesson by a, you know, a blurb artist. Mm-hmm. And then the editing, that's the one thing I really don't do. Um, and I am the world's worst editor. I do not go back. I do not read through again. I don't do any of it. Um, and I have a fantastic editor. I, I hired somebody out of the 20 books Facebook group. Um, he worked on all of them except for skull wave. We had sort of a conflict of timing. Mm-hmm. And so I got a different guy and, you know, he said, boy, you're, you're really, you're clean. You, you write it pretty clean. And I said, well, yeah, thanks. But, you know, I see all these red comments you got on the page. So every time I write one, I think I get a little bit cleaner and a little bit better, but I don't, I don't go back. And I've, I've learned that it's best just to hand it over to a professional. And that's the one thing that I don't do. So you uh, actually myself. do that after the first, after the first draft you're done? Pretty much. Now I will tell you that I have a sort of a seesaw method. I, I do outlines and I do beats. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a pretty good 
I, I do it in a sort of a grid format. So I've got a big grid and a spreadsheet that I can go back to and refer to, but I pretty much go straight through writing each scene. But right, right as I sit down, just as I sit down to write, I go back and edit the previous scene. Okay. All right. So there's a little bit of editing there, but I mm-hmm. never go back all the way and start from the, from the front. Okay. And it's just, that's just that because of, because I hate it. All right. <laughs> I want to get on to the next one. All right. We've been speaking with author, tennis pro, and family man, David Barons. David, where's the best place for listeners to find you online? Uh, pretty easily at my website. It's davidfbarons.com. And there, it's all there, all the, um, all the books, all the covers, everything is there, all the social media. You can click through and find all, all about me right there. And it's a great example of an author website. That's really well done as well, and I'm assuming that you did that. I did, yeah. And that, again, has been through several tweaks and several edits. And, you know, I followed the greats and said, what, what's it, what is it supposed to look like? And, um, it, you know, it's not all my design. I basically said, okay, these are the best pieces, that the best practices that authors have found work and put it together like like that. So hopefully it, hopefully it does a good job of conveying the message and hooking people in. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, we'll have show notes with links to everything we mentioned at theauthorbiz.com. David, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Stephen. I really appreciate it.